Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. I'm Josh. This is our second start, because Anthony was not sure the first time. First but, one felt better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You want to do it again? It'll be the third time. Yeah, we can do it. We'll do like a matinee now. <laughs> Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. I'm Josh. Do we think we can do better than that? No, I think we're good. Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. <laughs> oh, man, we almost had it. Anyway, what's up? I hurt myself doing that intro. Really? No. <laughs> Hold a muscle. Ugh. That's not good. Uh, yeah, what, what's going on? I got a new desk. You did get a new desk. I got a grown-up desk. You got, an, you got a desk. Like an actual desk. <laughs> not a new desk. Yeah. It's the first one. I you have been using for the last, what, wow, the last two years. Two years. I've been using the stand-up electronics desk that you made. It's like countertop height. And yeah. I sit at it with my chair and I look up at your monitor. <laughs> yeah. I have to lean all the way back and then just like put my hands like where my eyes would be and just tap on my keyboard. <laughs> and now we got a new desk and I sit like people height. It's very strange. It looks like a desk for ants. You uh, looked like a kid up until now and now you finally look like an adult. Oh, so good. It's time to move on up in the world. He's all grown up. Did you ever see Swingers? Yeah. yeah. He all grows up and he all grows... I like that movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, yeah, so you got a new desk. We got one for Anthony as well. And but Anthony's already a giant, so any desk would just look tiny. That is true. He should have taken my bigger desk. Ooh. Should have saved a bunch of money. Mm, we could. It's still in the box. We can take it back. Take it back. Maybe. Um, so I, right now, am... Solo dadding it, and you solo dadded it last weekend. I did. You dad. <laughs> I dad. And um, it did. I don't know how was how was your weekend? Oh, with, it was fine. With the kids. And I think we've talked about it on here that um, my kids, uh, I would imagine, like most kids, like test out the waters when they don't feel like they're getting enough attention from either myself and my wife. And so, like, if I walk home, or when I walk in the door, <laughs> you walk home. Yeah. <laughs> They seem to act crazy when we're both around. Yeah. But when it's just the one of us, I don't know if they, like, have mercy on us. And they just recant a little bit. Hmm. But it was fine. It was completely fine. I think there was this kind of expectation, not from everybody, so that's not a fair thing to say, but from some people that, like, oh, you've got all of your own kids by yourself for a weekend? Mm -hmm. Oh, you poor dear. Like, do you need any help? Do you need some food? Do you need, like... I think I did that to you. I'm sorry. People do that all the time. No, it's kind. Well, I just know that you don't like to cook a lot. Well, true. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a kind thing to do. But it also is this little bit of, like, you know, can you handle it? It's a little condescension. It is. Like, I mean, yeah. like, they're my kids. Yeah. I'm half the reason they exist. So, yeah, I got it. Or lovingly how your wife runs through the gamut of tasks and things that you need to do to ensure yeah. their survivability. Yeah. Don't forget they have to eat. Yeah. Don't forget that uh, these are their names. I wrote them down in case, you know, you need them. It, they're right here. I'm just kidding. My wife is not like that at all. Tiff isn't either. She at one point was until I just I would just blank stare at her. <laughs> I know you know this, but I think it's just that <laughs> it's like she a, has to feel like she right. has to say it or that she's a bad mom. Yeah, they're covering their bases. Yeah, yeah. It's the last little bit of protection that they could give their children by just announcing to the ether <laughs> their needs. <laughs> In case you don't hear it, somebody else might. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything so, will be fine. So, but it was a good weekend. You guys do anything fun? Any, anything interesting? Uh, we had so 
the parent, the, I'm sorry, the church that your parents go to every month have a thing that they have like date night, like they allow date night where you can bring your kids and just drop them off and they hang out. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that was going on because my wife left on a Friday and I was like, we're going to go out, we're going to go to dinner, we're going to go have fun, it's going to be great. And I remembered they were doing that thing, and which they really enjoy. So I was like, sweet, I just get to hang out. So I went to dinner by myself, I went to Target and I bought some new underwear all the stuff that I like, I just needed to do little maintenance things that I mm-hmm. normally don't have the time to do. And I definitely wouldn't try to do with all of my kids. And so it was just, I got an, like an evening to myself, which is ironic because the first night of like, okay, time to be solo dad. Like I got to be just solo. Human. Yeah. <laughs> like, neat. Yeah. And what else? I cooked dinner the next night. I made chicken nuggets, which my kids thought was crazy amazing that we could just have chicken nuggets at our house. We don't need to go somewhere to go get them. Is that legal? Yeah. Like, that just exists. And they said that my chicken nuggets were better than Chick-fil-A's. Hmm. Your I don't kids, agree. Your kids are liars. Yeah, their their tastes are way off. But it was a, a kind sentiment nonetheless. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, we had a good time. Good. We watched Sword in the Stone, and I fell asleep on the couch. Of course. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I mean, my wife wasn't gone a super long time. I think she left Friday afternoon and got back late on Sunday. So, I mean, it's like a couple, it's like a day total or maybe two days total. Mm. And they slept most of it. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the lowest kind of bar for me to hurdle over. Yeah. But yeah, I, my my goals when my wife returned is that her kids would be alive with all their limbs. And that was a success. <laughs> Called that a win pretty much yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my wife left yesterday. Wait, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday morning. Today is, what is today? Ugh, I'm really bad at days. Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. She left on Wednesday. I have to do orders. She asked me to do that. She will be back on Tuesday, but we leave on Monday. So I've got, I'm running things for four or five days, and then my parents are coming to take over in that overnight in between. But it's kind of weird. Like when our kids were younger, when one of us would go do something, go on a trip or something, the other one would be left with young kids, four young kids who had diapers, who had, you know, kid food preparation rather than just like human food preparation. And, you know, there was like more stuff to it. And the older they get, the f- the less those little things are there. Oh, yeah, they can take care of themselves. Yeah, like I, yeah. now I go pick them up from school, I'll bring them home, I'll come back to work and they all upstairs, they're responsible for chores, homework. They do their stuff. Well, they don't, but they should, but they don't. <laughs> but, you know, they're like, yeah, I can say, go upstairs. I'll be up at five o'clock or whatever. Um, but the problem now, not the problem, the situation now is that they're involved in everything under the sun. Oh, yeah. So while my wife is gone, it's like, well, we have two gymnastics practices. We have uh, piano on two different days with two different kids. We have basketball games all day Saturday morning, and it's picture day, so they all have to be there an hour before their game in the right clothes to take the pictures. And then we have to, like, buy all the pictures, of course, because everybody wants more pictures of their kids in a basketball uniform. So then you got to do that, and then it's like, well, we got an academic team on Monday, but that's after I leave, so I have to make sure my mom knows where, what school we have to take the daughter to to drop off at the thing and then go back and pick her up after the thing. It's like not even survival stuff. It's just... They're like attached to a bunch of really awesome things, you know, each of which is great, but wow, with four of them, it like, it adds up. We have amazing wives. We do. My wife does, I mean, a a lot of that same stuff during the week. And if she were gone during the week, which I think coming up soon, she may be, 
Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can barely keep track of my own schedule, let alone somebody else's. I need to have a whole bunch of reminders. Yeah. This is interesting. We weren't planning on talking about this, but uh, so last night we were, this has come up a couple times. My wife has told me this, but I've never addressed it. But last night we were at dinner. Uh, Wednesday night we go to church and we eat dinner with all the people at our church and it's a good time to hang out with people we don't see very often. So we were talking with our close friends about, we were joking with them about quitting their jobs. They're like, oh yeah, you guys should just quit and see how long it takes before they come take your house. It was a big, long, funny conversation. But the point was like, you should both quit your jobs, the couple of them, in a funny way. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, who's who's fantastic, and I'm not trying to badmouth her because she's not here, but she spoke up and she was like, yeah, my mom doesn't even work. And all of us at the table, all the adults looked at her and we were like, shut your mouth. <laughs> Danger. Your mom Danger. does. And she, she honestly, because she doesn't, Jenny doesn't have a, a job that she goes to somewhere mm-hmm. and walks in with a paycheck. I mean, she does get paid for my like to make stuff. So technically she does have a job for the work that she does. But because she doesn't have that, I go to a place, work, come home, yep. and then we get money out of it. Um, the perception of my daughter was that she doesn't, she doesn't contribute and it's not even, I, I think the feeling really was that she doesn't do anything, like, outwardly. And we were all just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Of all the people we know, your mother is one of the most selfless people. And she does all sorts of things. She takes care of us. She takes care of other people's kids. She takes care of random strangers that she doesn't know. She volunteers at your school. She does all this stuff. And she doesn't get paid for any of it. So we work for money, and if somebody isn't paying us, we don't do that work. She just does it, does it, because she nice. wants to do it, because yep. she cares about you know the outcome. And it was a really interesting time. I mean, I was proud to say that to her that like you have no clue what you're talking about. You have the wrong perception of what servanthood is right here. Yep. You work for money. You're not a servant. You're not doing things out of the goodness of your heart. You're doing it because you have to make the money to live. But she's making a choice to just serve people for the sake of being a servant. And that is amazing. And I really wanted to hit that home with my daughter to understand that, like, your value and your contribution to the world around you is not about your job. It is not about your employment. And I don't know if it got in there all the way, but all of us at the table kind of had this like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 oh, whoa reaction. <laughs> like, you have no idea what you're talking about. So hopefully with mul- not just me, you know, multiple people kind of reacting to it that way, she will take that in a little bit. But my daughter, I mean, my wife has said that before. Like, she just didn't think I'd do anything. And I'm like, well, she's a kid and she yep. sees things from one perspective and she obviously doesn't really understand what she's saying, but... My son had the same sentiment. I, it was um, uh, Megan and Chris. We were talking about Megan had to go to work. Mm-hmm. And he was like, mom's work? And I I had to stop for a second. I'm like, what do you mean mom's work? Like, what kind of goofy statement is that? Yeah. And I thought through his world. My wife, just like your wife, like volunteers, does amazing things. She is a, a, a homeschooling mom. And at the co-op, she's a teacher at the co-op. She is a breastfeeding consultant. She does volunteer work, a bunch of other stuff. But she doesn't, like, her identity is not defined by a place of business. Yeah. Therefore, she doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, she has a regularly scheduled job. And she has regularly scheduled stuff, but she doesn't, like, go to a place to work for the boss to get a paycheck kind of thing, like you're saying. And neither is your wife. Neither is a couple of other friends of ours. They're either self-employed or, yeah, a lot of them are just self-employed. And yeah. I guess in my 
my world as a kid, everybody's parents worked. Like it, they just had to have a dual income. Like that was a necessity. And a lot of us are blessed enough to don't, you know, don't have to rely on a dual income. But that doesn't mean, like you're saying, that the wives or the mothers don't do stuff. And it just caught him off guard. Like, moms work too? Hmm. Like, yeah, for like everybody else in the whole wide world. (laughs) Like, you are super blessed that your mother cares enough about you guys to want to hang around you all day. And that... It was super strange to me, and I had to stop and, like, keep myself from, like, what are you talking about, you crazy man? Yeah. I'm like, oh. Like, that's the world that you're presented with. Yeah, that that he sees. Yeah, it's true. Bonkers. I mean, I guess I went through that growing up as well. I don't really specifically remember that feeling, but I do remember, because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. There were three of us. Um, You know, we, she took us to piano and took us to all the places, and we never had to, like you know, show up at home by ourselves or we never had to make our own dinner. You know, we never had to do all that stuff until I was in, I don't know, seventh or eighth grade, I guess it's probably seventh grade. Did you drop something? Yep. Um, what is it? What color is it? Gray. Gray. I'll keep talking. On a gray floor with a gray dark. Yeah. Um, here, here's a flashlight. There you go. Um, anyway, she decided to go back to school. And so she went to seminary and it was in Louisville. It was like an hour away. So she started driving to school. She would drop me off in the morning. And <laughs> you got shocked. <laughs> and then drive up there, do school all day, and then come home at like 7 o'clock at night or something like that. And so my perception of what a mom does shifted from like, She's always around to take care of us, and she's always around to do whatever we need, and we always get the places we need to go on time, and there's always clean clothes, and there's always this to, like, hey, look, she's doing something for herself. She's bettering herself so that she can counsel people. That's amazing. Now I'm going to have to make my own breakfast, which was fine. I mean, that wasn't a complaint, but it was a shift in, like, how our house ran because she had not had a 9-to-5 type job before that. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden having this timed pretty time heavy commitment to do um it was a big change and it was funny because after that my dad and i ended up spending a lot more time together because she was gone usually on her way back around dinner time and so through a lot of high school i would come home from school by myself do my stuff and then just like hang out with friends or go skate or whatever and then he would come pick me up and we would go to arby's or subway or something like that and so we ended up spending a lot more time together just because Neither one of us could cook. <laughs> and so we would go out to eat a lot of the nights. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess I, I kind of had that same perspective to a point, but I didn't, I don't remember specifically having the shift, but I know that there was a big change in like how the house worked when she started going back to school. But Yeah, both of my parents worked. My dad was in the Air Force. My mom was a nurse. She got off work around 5.30. My dad got off around 4.30-ish. And we lived probably 35 minutes from where they both kind of worked. And so when I was a kid, uh, we lived on an Air Force base, and we used to go to this, like, after-school kind of program at the youth center mm-hmm. where you would, like, leave school, you get on a bus, they take you to this other place, and it's like a big gym, and they've got games. You had to do your homework, and it was it was structured. I mean, the lady, you were put in groups, and the lady who was in charge of you or the guy who was in charge of you was called your teacher, so it was pretty much like an extension of school. Right. And I'm sure they had to pay for it in some fashion. They would go outside and play. There were arcade games. It was, it was neat. It was fun. You hang out with your friends. And then parents came pick you up. And then you go home. 
And so like in the afternoons, it was pretty much like dinner, maybe watch some TGIF and then bedtime. <laughs> watch Jeopardy. Yeah. My dad yeah. and I would always watch Jeopardy yeah. together. Um, but my mom worked, I mean, until she was so sick um, before she passed away that she just like couldn't work anymore. It was part of her identity. Hmm. And I think the thing with our kids now is that our wives have an identity in so many things. And not to say that moms who, who work don't, but like where you work or where you leave them. I think as a kid, like your parents not being around is justified. Like I have to go to work. So I go, okay, my, oh. my mom is not huh. with me right now because she works. Hmm. So it is this huge, I would imagine like, um, not an excuse, but like a justification for their parents not being around. And so for our kids, like when hmm. my wife left, they're like, where's mommy going? I'm like, oh, she's going on a ladies retreat. They're like, what's that mean? I'm like, well, she's going to go to a cabin and go hang out with a bunch of ladies. They're like, why? I'm like, well, because you guys kind of drive us insane and we need a break everyone. Because <laughs> you're while. exhausting. But like that opened up a conversation about yeah. self-care and about we need to take care of ourselves just as much as we take care of you. And I, before we left to go on our retreat... I was grumpy and irritated about a bunch of stuff and I was getting short with people. And then when I came back, like I was really excited to see my family again. And I just, I needed a chance to take a break and to recharge and to kind of regrow my patience mm -hmm. account. <laughs> yeah. And when I, I was talking to my oldest son, when my wife was gone, I'm like, you remember when I came back, I'm like, was I grumpy and mean? And he's like, no, everything was kind of fine. I'm like, exactly. Hmm. I was like, so you're upset right now that mom is gone because mom is your world. I get it. Like, but we need that opportunity to be away from you so that we can come back better for you. Yeah, totally. And that's something that they don't get. They, I mean, like we're going to go to Chicago. I haven't told my kids that we're going to Chicago. I told them that we were going to Europe. And my son was like, oh, I want to go to Paris. You have to take me with you. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. Yeah. But I mean, I, again, I'm like, it's, it's a work trip, which is not the justification for me being gone. Like, it's something that I need to do, and it's something that I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be better. Hmm. And that's not to say I'm not better when I'm around you, but everybody needs to focus on self-care in some fashion, whether it's exercise. Like, I get up and go to the gym in the morning, and my oldest son kind of sleeps in because they're lazy homeschool kids. But he gets upset, and he's like, I didn't get to see you this morning. I'm like, well, brother, <laughs> get, get up. <laughs> yeah. Because I need this time to take care of myself so that I, in the long run— can be better for everybody. I don't want to just sit around upstairs. Oh man, I can't wait for my son to wake up so I can be here for him so he can be happy. Right. Like that's a that's a completely lopsided relationship. Yeah. And but at the same time, like from a kid's perspective, there you know it's it's takes a long time for any human to understand that the world is not about them. That they are a piece in fact. a giant uh, set of moving pieces. And. So from their perspective, yeah, it all just like everything that they can't see is waiting around for them whenever they're ready to see it, you know, and, and so it's, that's one of those maturing things where they start to realize that, you know, stuff happens when they're not around and things matter whether they're there or not and stuff like that. Well, I think in all of the baby books or in the preparation for having your first kid and all that unsolicited advice that people give you, I don't know about you, but that was never mentioned to me about self-care being as important uh, you know, or a, a vital necessity yeah. as, as a part of being a good parent. 
like listening, being empathetic and, you know, not being mean or scream free and all those things is great. But I think that there may be a tendency to feel guilty Yeah, because I know my wife does. And this is something that she and I have had to talk about that I want her to go on vacation. I want her to go take a trip without any of us. Like you need, it is almost, <laughs> I mean, not that I'm going to be in charge, but like it's almost mandatory for you to plan a trip that is about you selfishly. Right. Like go now, please. Or I will schedule it for you. And typically throughout our marriage, I know we talked about this, like we've lived in 11 different houses average duration at each one of those houses was a little over a year. And so I know my wife and I know that she has this, this desire to travel and to go and to do. And so part of this thing is I want my wife to enjoy herself. I want her to come back refreshed and rejuvenated, but at the same time, I want to curb in some way that desire for her to like move because hmm. I don't want to move anymore. Hmm. Yeah. So if that's like, if you want to take a trip to the Caribbean or the trip wherever, like, oh man, it's expensive. Like, yeah, but buying a new house and moving across the country is significantly cheaper. (laughs) So please go. That's funny. And I I want her to know as like a baseline, and we've talked about this, and I I hope that other people would feel this way about with their spouse, is it's not a burden for me to, to tend to my own children. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. people call it like I have to babysit my kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like I don't yeah. babysit I have my father my, my kids. kids. <laughs> yeah, I raise my kids. That's what I'm here to do. That's why I'm a father. Yep. I don't, I don't get paid an hourly rate. Yep. Watch Hannah Montana after they go to bed. Like they're my kids. <laughs> this is what Montana. I'm. That's what babysitters do. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We came home after well, we went on a date night. We have a date night this Friday. We came home and our our babysitter was watching some show in Spanish. Hmm. Because she's training to be a teacher. Oh. And so I expected her to be like sitting there watching TV like people do, but she was, I guess, studying. Wow. Or watching a show in a way that. That's kind of like immersion without having yeah. to go anywhere. That's smart. I, I should watch some stuff in Italian because that's the biggest problem I'm having with Italian. The speaking part? Is, I mean, like, I can. I don't. It's not conversational. I don't hear the rhythms mm. of the back and forths of the things. Huh. Watch kids' shows. That makes sense. And that's when I was speaking French to people, I, that was my justification. I was like, I can speak to you. Like a small child. And went, oh, okay. Hmm. So when they would ask me, do I speak French? And I'm like, yes, caveat. <laughs> Please don't speak to me like I'm your friend. I want to be, but... <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. your friend. I don't know slang. Uh, I, I don't know your colloquial words. Hmm. Please speak to me as if you were speaking to a third grader. And hmm. we'll get along just fine. I didn't mean to derail it with that. But, um, yeah, I, I back to your question i don't think that i remember there being you know like a make sure you you build in time for yourself when you have kids um i do remember that about marriage i do remember that you know a lot of people had the sentiment and they're absolutely right that you can be the best husband by being by yourself sometimes Hmm. like it it takes time for you to um to have the patience that you need to have to be with another person all the time and to have your own internal desires, like the stuff that you care about in life, to have that stuff, make sure that's being taken care of, not not separate from your spouse, but not to only tie the things that you do to your spouse. Because like for Jenny and I, we don't really have that much in common as far as interests, like things we want to go do. She's competitive. I'm not. Um, so it's not like we're like, hey, let's go play basketball together. 
Like yeah. she cares and I don't. So it's like, <laughs> you're going to win. Cause I'm not really going to try that hard, but we've never had that like thing where some, some couples, you know, have a thing that they really love to go do together and they really enjoy. We enjoy being together and we will do all sorts of things out, but it, we don't have a connective yeah. activity or hobby or something. And so those things that we do care about, we have to make sure that we're getting those done either together or separately so that when we are together, the time is not burdened by like, man, I sure wish I was doing whatever, you know, I sure wish I could fit this other thing in. And like, that was a big part of roller derby for her, which was a huge time suck on our life. Like, in all honesty, it is a huge commitment. And most people who play roller derby go headfirst in 120%. And it's a lot of time and it's a lot of investment and it's a whole different like you're focused on all this different stuff and there's a bunch of people involved. And so, you know, you meet all entirely new groups of people, but being the spouse, they call them, um, uh, like derby widows. Mm. And there was a whole group of men who kind of created a little club of derby widows, widowers, but they call them widows who would get together and hang out when their wives were doing roller derby stuff. Cause it's like, well, we're all sitting home alone now because they're into that thing. Anyway, my point is, that was a big part of her being okay, was having a thing that she could kind of put herself into, go a couple times a week, you know, get exercise, bond with these new friends and stuff. Um, And that made her better for the kids and made her better for me, um, just in the the home roles that she had. And so the same thing was for, for me was, you know, making stuff and music and so we, all those things are important, and I heard it talked about in the marriage context a lot, but not so much in the parenting context. I have heard a lot of people um, over the years point out and be really clear about the fact that in the family dynamic, and this is really contrary to what a lot of the world says or what uh, feels natural, the family dynamic, like your spouse is the priority over the kids, you're responsible for the kids surviving, yes, but your devotion to your spouse came first. And so that is the focus, and if that is right and that is modeled correctly, the downstream effects to the kids and how you end up treating the kids and interacting with the kids is all more positive than if you just focus on the kids as the point of the family. I agree. Because that happens a lot. Yep. It's very natural to like, look, there's a thing that needs us to literally stay alive, and so we have to focus wholly on it and then that creates a habit to where like well especially if people came together like uh, and their relationship may be centered on their kid right yeah 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 which happens but so i guess that has been brought up more than the kind of self-care is like uh marital care versus making that the priority versus the the um, the kids which is totally opposite like you were saying earlier where the kids are just like the world is about me naturally my kids if my kids were we're questioned right now, and this may sound bad. <laughs> We're like, who's the most important person in, in your dad's life? Like, I'm pretty sure they would go, oh, mom is. Hmm. That's not bad. That and should I, be the answer. And I, I was asked one time about who's my favorite by one of the kids. And I'm like, your mom. <laughs> and I kind of giggled, and they, uh, like, took him back to, like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to say openly that, like, if we're at the bottom of the lake and i got to save somebody— but, like, yeah, my wife, like, I love my kids. My kids are amazing. But my wife 
easily comes first. Yeah. Oh, I think that's how it should be for sure. And I think that that's good. And I, my parents kind of set that, that example for me, not outright. They didn't come out and be like, I love you less. <laughs> Title. If there were a priority level, <laughs> you're bumped down to silver status. <laughs> yeah. But my parents modeled a relationship where I knew that they were devoted to each other. Yeah. And while they they went to soccer games and all this, you know, the same stuff that you're talking about, like, I knew that their relationship needed to be stronger than my relationship mm-hmm. with them. And, again, I'm not going to come out right and tell my kids, like, well, we want to go to dinner, but I only want to go with your mom, so you guys hang out here because she's better than you. <laughs> you should try that sometime. <laughs> hmm. That's kind of what we're doing on Friday <laughs> with the babysitter. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But again, I'm not outright saying it. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. it indirectly. Yeah, yeah. But it's that point that, like, even with the babysitter, we're like, oh, Miss Sarah's coming over. They're like, why? I'm like, you will one day reach a point where you don't have to ask me why she's mm-hmm. coming over. You will just know that I am exercising my relationship with your mom. Yeah. Because... That is more important than the little tiny things, the little issues that you guys freak out about. Like, that's not important. That's the stuff that can bog us down. And that's the stuff that we can try or that can distract us from our ultimate goal about building our marital relationship by focusing on the tiny little stuff. Mm -hmm. We need to get away from that. And I think that's what I'm trying to tell her about this vacation is that that vacation, wherever it happens to be, However frequently you want to take it, it, if it's about making you better as a human being, then like you're saying, it will trickle down and everybody will benefit from it. So that needs to be placed on the highest of priorities. Yeah. More than like, oh, so-and-so's got a little thing to do or we've got piano practice on Tuesdays. No, that's important. Yeah. Go. Well, and it's funny because that sentiment sounds selfish. Do something for yourself that in the end is truly to the benefit of others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yep. it sounds like you're being selfish, but really, you're not. You're really preparing yourself to be the best that you can be for other people. And that's, okay. I think, what a lot of people prefer. So here we go. Okay. My wife asked me because she went to the ladies' retreat. She had talked about the exact things we're talking about right now. And she goes, I don't know what Josh would want to do for himself to make himself better for everybody else. If he were to go on the vacation kind of thing that we were talking about, or like go and recharge, like, she asked me, she says, what do you want to do to recharge? I go, well, I just went back. I mean, we just got back from the, the retreat. She's like, yeah, but that was for work. She's like, and you came home and you were really tired. I'm like, well, yeah, but it was, <laughs> it's fun. it was fun. <laughs> like it was a, it was a vacation that I made progress on. I'm like, well, I'm going to, to Europe. And she's like, yeah, but again, that's for work. Like, what would you want to do for yourself to recharge? And I had no idea what I would do. Hmm. She, because they went out to a cabin. I'm like, no, nah, that sounds boring. I'm like, I don't go dive. You like to I dive? thought about that. I tried to go diving by myself uh, a couple Christmases ago and it was uh, advised against. I quite remember. Yeah, it's a, yeah, not, diving not by a yourself safe thing. is not a good idea, but it was kind of neat. But yeah, I don't know. And I wanted to raise that to you because I feel like we are in similar situations with this that I don't know what a recharging and relaxing personal, like self retreat would look like. Hmm. For me, I think it's less about the the thing I'm doing and more about the the pressure 
around that thing. So like we talked about before, you know, the, the we get to make things for a living and design things and brainstorm and problem solve and all this stuff. And that is really what gets me amped up. And that's why we do it. I mean, I'm, I'm in the position, all of us are in the position where we get to do that really awesome thing that we love to do and get paid for it. Yep. And so the pressure, the thing that causes me to need to be recharged, I think is often just the, the, uh, the box that all that is in. The box is about creating content and about, you know, putting it out on schedule and making sure that it makes these things work and happen and these people happy and this money come in and that box. But inside that box is just the stuff that I like to do. And so for me, uh, I think recharging is not necessarily not being in the shop, but just it would probably be more recharging for me to be in the shop with nothing to do, no Mm -hmm. obligation to just piddle around and not have to try to make something out of it. So to have like a reprieve from all the stuff, not necessarily an escape. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because I I mean, just my personality, I would rather be right here in my own situation. We're surrounded by my own stuff and my own people and my own bed and my own, you know, by myself (laughs) than anywhere else in the world. And I'm a hermit, I guess. But like that would be my preference. If it was like, yeah, go sit on a beach or go to the mountains or go to the whatever or stay here with nothing to do with no requirement, with nobody making you feel guilty. I'm like, man, I'm here. I'm here and I will dig into these Legos and I will play that <laughs> piano and I will I will just do the thing here without the outside pressure. That would rejuvenate me a lot, personally. Well, my wife had that same thing um, when the initial conversation came up about her taking a trip for her. And she was like, honestly, I just, a lot of the stress, I think, or that she mentioned was, stuff that she feels like she has to do at home or stuff that she can do at home for other things Hmm. that she just can't. I'm like, well then does your vacation or does your rejuvenation time involve me and the kids just leaving Yeah, and going somewhere else? And then you just having this, this time to yourself here. She goes, yeah, I think that that's a really good idea. Hmm. So that may happen. Yeah. I could see that being, but I couldn't, like you talked about the, um, cabin in the mountains or whatever by yourself like that sounds so boring i could see there being a place for that and a time for that but i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want that to be my like go-to you know every six months i go to a cabin by myself for a weekend or whatever like some people really dig that yeah yeah and i'm sure there are reasons why that works for a lot of people but for me that would that would put more stress on me because Because you didn't because not only am I not here? able to just enjoy the things that I want to enjoy, but I'm also pulled out of the situation where I could be productive. Mm-hmm. And that, that pressure is still there. That pressure is still mm-hmm. waiting for me, and I just can't, you know. So I, I don't know what my thing would be, though, if I had to leave the house and go somewhere to do a thing. I have no clue. Go watch a movie? I mean, maybe. I tried to play a video game last night. But tried? <laughs> I tried. I tried to play Fallen Order. I started playing Fallen Order a while back, and I just ran out of time and didn't kind of stick with it. And I kept hearing somebody talking about the storyline in it and how it ends up and everything. And I'm like, oh, man, I should really go back and just... And I'm like, cool, my wife's out of town this week. Mm-hmm. So get the kids in bed. I'll just sit down for a little bit and not work on the bridge port and not do this other stuff, and I'll just play a video game. That sounds like a human way to relax. I'll do that. And so I sat down 15 minutes of this game, and I'm just so frustrated. I'm like, why... Freaking video games. 
Why do people like video games? They're so irritating. <laughs> and I want to play it. I want to have played it, but I don't actually want to do it. I'm like, I don't... Why, why does it matter how to get the ball into the big round thing in the middle? I don't want to open doors. Just put the ball in the thing and give me the story that whatever it's going to unlock. And you know, I don't know. So I think I'm just bad at that stuff. That's not relaxing to me. Whereas I know other people like sitting down at the end of the day to play a video game, whether it's hard or easy or whatever, it, like they love it and it relaxes them. That's awesome. I just don't feel that at all. But um, speaking of, while I was playing this game, I got a phone call from, I don't want to say who it is. Good story. <laughs> from a person uh, who has a certain amount of fame. Oh, Somebody yeah. that I have been a big fan of for a very, very long time. It was David Hasselhoff. It was not David Hasselhoff, but man, it that would be cool. It could have been. Hmm. Call me Hasselhoff, the Hoff. Now, I got a, a phone call from this person that we talked on Twitter a little bit, and he wants a thing built for his musician. What's a thing built for his shows? And so he called super nice guy and excited, and we chatted for a while. We talked about kids and talked about whatever. And it was, it was like a normal conversation. It wasn't weird. But I did notice there was a point where I said, like, man, I've been listening to you play music for this long and I caught myself before I said more down the path of like, and you know, I mean, I watch you on Instagram and I know about like your daughters are getting so big and like you and your wife just seem so happy. And I didn't say all those things, but it's going through my head because I'm like, wow, I have this for the first time was talking to a person that I've watched at a distance with no real personal interaction. And I learned all this stuff about them that goes online that they put online willingly and i almost crossed felt like i crossed a line of familiarity with this person that i don't mm. know from fanboy to creeper not creeper but just like we're on the phone talking and i like i don't know there was just something about like i need to be really careful here and not assume that i have the okay to pass a, a this fence of like we are acquaintances and that's it. And I don't need to delve into like, oh, yeah, you know, like your daughters are so cute and they're getting big. And like, wow, man, she's got a great voice. And, you know, like there's but this is stuff that this person openly puts. Yes. In, on social yeah. Media. But okay. I, I felt that that like line of like, oh, I need to be careful here because I've been on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And I am super careful about what I put online about my kids and things. But it's so easy when we see people that we don't actually know and we watch their lives at a distance to get a familiarity with them and to just assume that that carries in both directions and it really doesn't. So I didn't want to be that like random faceless person that was just like, Oh, Hey buddy, I know you so well because I've, I've watched you play a bunch of shows and like I saw you on Instagram that time and you know, um, anyway, it was weird being on the other side of that. Because I've had people kind of do that to me. Most people that we talk to are super kind and, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. It was weird. I found myself in a position to where I could cross a line that I was really careful not to cross. I hope I didn't cross. Did it affect the rest of the conversation? No, no, no. It okay? No, it was totally fine. Okay. No, no, nothing was bad about it. But Good. I just, I'd never found myself in that little, you know, where I, I could have 
I don't talk to famous people very often. So it, it wasn't like, you know, like the time I uh, was in the movie theater with Ben Affleck and mm-hmm. J-Lo. It yeah. wasn't like I sat down. It was like, hey, man. snow caps at the back of his head? <laughs> it was like, oh, it's not like I sat down next to them and had a conversation. It was like, oh, look, a famous person at a distance. The end. Yeah. This was like, hey, man, how old are your kids? He was asking me. I'm like, oh, they're this age, and I already know how old your kids are. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's kind of weird, you know? Can we be pals anyway? Yeah. So, so are you friends with this person now? Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. Did you was, sign a contract? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we, uh, um, I, I sent him an envelope of blood and spit. So that's like that's how you do that, I think, over the internet. I mean, a notary is sufficient. <laughs> you don't have to go that far. <laughs> no, it was a good conversation. We had a really cool time talking. And it was funny because we got we talked for a long time, talked about music and all this different stuff. And then all of a sudden I hear all this crying in the background. And his daughters were, one of them, I guess, was melting down. And just, he was like, well, um, I was like, man, yep. I know what time it is. I'll catch yep. you later. <laughs> it was cool because he totally understood. I totally understood. I was like, later. But I don't know. It was just an interesting conversation. It was interesting for a lot of reasons. But one of those is I've just never felt myself, found myself in that type of position before. So, Well, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was new, something new. I remember the first time... Uh, you and I met in person. Uh, Jenny helped with diapers. So we were in Savannah for oh, some yeah. reason. <laughs> and I remember we were talking, and you're like, oh, just come by the shop. And I'm like, oh, my God. I go by the shop. Like, well, this is going to be weird. And I remember we got out of the van, and our kids were super little. I don't even remember how many we had at the time. I think you only had two. I think. Yeah, uh, I think we had to have two at yeah, that point. I think she was pregnant. Yeah, and I was like, oh, our kids need diapers so because we're real people and that needs to happen real quick and i remember jenny was like hey we've got tons of diapers we've got everything inside come on in and, and yeah i'll just like hung out as weird internet acquaintances <laughs> but i didn't really know anything about your kids other than there was just like a whole bunch of them and they were all blonde curly headed <laughs> they were pretty indistinguishable at yeah, that time yeah that was true but yeah. then how does okay the caution that you had Mm-hmm. Not that this is like, don't come up to me in public and talk about my kids, you weirdos. That's not the point, I think, of this story. But, I mean, is no, there some no. advice that you could give somebody? Because, if, like, we're going to these events. This could be the only time that somebody gets to see you. And we get a lot of amazingly kind feedback about the stuff that we do and how it impacts people. Like, we have – there's no way that we could have known how – the stuff that we're doing right now actually helps or has such a deep uh, emotional attachment to people. How can people convey that in a non, I guess, for lack of a better term, like creepy way? I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's a creepy thing. I think most of the people that we've talked to are super gracious and they're, yeah. and they're. Cause that comes from a really vulnerable place to like, to come up and, and tell somebody like how they have affected you. Oh yeah. And I love it. I mean, it, that is some of the most amazing moments of however long I've been doing this is those conversations. I mean, I love those. And I, I certainly don't mean for that to sound like, don't be a weirdo. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I think I'm really careful. I try to be really careful about what I put online about my family so that I am absolutely aware, shot for shot, word for word, what I'm exposing. And mm-hmm. I don't like keep a whole lot back. That's not the point. But so if someone comes up and says, hey, how's kid X? It's because I said their name somewhere. Not, for the most part, because they've been creeping and, like, following somebody around and figured out 
so-and-so knows so-and-so and that's, you know, I figured out the kid's name or whatever. It's not like that. So if someone comes up and has that reaction to me and asks about a kid or asks about my wife or something about the farm or whatever, it's only because I've put that out there and I'm fine with that. That doesn't freak me out. And it may not have even freaked this guy out that I was talking to either because mm. he does the same thing. But I just found myself in that that flip-flopped position of like, yeah. oh. Am do, I overstepping? Yeah, do I overstep mm. uh, because he put that out there or do I try to be considerate? And I would prefer if someone else found themselves in that position that they were considerate and didn't try to overstep because I want to have a relationship with this guy. He's a nice guy and I like to work with him and do some stuff and – you know, so I don't want to risk that by just being like, oh, yeah, I know a lot about you. You're really cool. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. I love you. <laughs> I, <would. laughs> I don't want to do that. I haven't spoken to many people on the phone in a long time. <laughs> but the person I speak to the most is my wife. And I, I end every conversation with, all right, okay, I love you. And I, I imagine <laughs> that if you're in that nervous kind of situation and you don't have all your wits about you, that you would be more likely to end a sentence with, oh, yeah. okay, I love you. Yeah. How impactful would that be as an artist that you just know that somebody just loves you? <laughs> Jimmy tells people that he loves them all the time. He does. He, you know what's funny about Jimmy? When the the recording goes off, mm -hmm. the show is over. The after show is over. Nobody's recording. He still tells us that he loves us. Yeah. David and I. Yeah. And I tell him that I love him back. Aww. That's pretty cool. I'm not going to tell you that I love you at the end of the show though. So don't get your hopes up. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. You look super disappointed. That came. That was unwarranted. <laughs> I just didn't want Man. you to get your hopes up. That's well, all. Like I didn't have any expectations, but now, now I kind of do. Now they're crushed. All right, then. Um, play with my models. <laughs> you asked a question a second ago. I don't I, remember I what it was. It's not it. that important anymore. <laughs> uh, this for. Anyway, um, to the, your question about other people, though, I mean, I, I don't think. I think anything I put out there, I, I do it because I, I think it's acceptable. And like when people come up and mention those things, it's totally fine. Um, and in the past, I have had, when I have gotten to meet people that I, I respect a whole lot and they, they seem really at a distance, I always have that kind of anxious, you know, you, like short, shortness of breath, kind of like you're going to have this conversation, but you're talking really fast and you're like, a, it's kind of shallow breathing, you know, that, that nervous thing. That every, That's how I felt like I spoke gets. to met women. Oh, yeah. And when I drove away, I'm like, I bet that guy thinks I'm a weirdo. But I think everybody expects that. Weirdos? Yeah, weirdos. They're ever No. Everybody expects that, like, this is two humans first interacting. There's awkwardness. Mm. There's just, there's stuff, right? right. And, and then that goes away. The I mean, the first time I talked to Destin on the phone, I felt that way. I was like, dude, I'm talking to, it's Destin. Yeah. Smarter. Now I like send him jokes and make fun of him and stuff over text because there's that comfort level has been built up. We've spent time together. We know each other a little bit. And glad your interaction with him the first time on the phone was positive. <laughs> but the it was interesting last night because this guy sent me his phone number from like Twitter. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Like I could call him right now. And I, I didn't, and I was just like, that's just so weird. And I started having that, like, ang not anxiety, that's not the wrong word, like excitement. I'm like, what nervousness. And then when he finally called me, I was like, oh, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And it was totally comfortable, and I didn't feel that, which felt really cool, you know, um, to not be like, oh, I'm going to talk super fast and be really excited and freak you out really well. So did you get to keep the kit car, or did you have to return it? <laughs> like, How many people call you the Hoff? 
Can, is it everybody? Are you really a lifeguard? <laughs> uh, anyway, it was cool. It was cool. And well, I'm happy for you. It was just a really weird, you know, scenario. One of those things that... But exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I challenged uh, Anthony and myself after you told us this story earlier to identify someone that we have a, a celebrity crush on hmm. and to reach out to them and to befriend them. As a goal. Did you figure out who these people are yet? I think Anthony may have. I have no idea. Really? I don't know. I mean, how how lofty do you want this goal to be? To the moon. I mean, the reaction that you had with this person. I mean, it's David Hasloff. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean, I mean on. Yeah, come on. I may just want to. You know what I think? <laughs> I just came to this. Okay. I think my person would have to be John Stamos. I was going to say that. I was waiting as, for you to finish. As awkward and silly <laughs> as I have made in interactions with John Stamos, I think I'm obliged to follow up on that. I would agree. It's go time. <laughs> All right. So anybody listening that knows John Stamos or somebody down the the chain, we couldn't be that far from him. I've realized that the world is so much smaller than I thought it was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We are not that far from anybody. Nope, we're not. I mean, even, like, it's so weird. The YouTube world is just this weird middle ground of, like, everyday people who live their lives and people who are on the news and you know, in movies. It's YouTube is right there in the middle. It's this weird connective tissue. I can think of how to get to movie stars in three steps. Really? Yeah. It's Mark Rover, Jimmy Kimmel, everybody. Oh. Isn't that crazy, though? Do we want to talk about the, the celebrity interaction we roundabout had? Roundabout had. So, Bob reached out through Twitter, had a conversation. Uh, Forby did a little, like, oh. investigative <laughs> work. We probably, we, shouldn't, all, we probably shouldn't talk about it. Oh, we can not talk by about name, that. Not by name, not by name. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. There's, oh, there, there's, there's privacy stuff there. No, I don't want to. Okay. No. Okay. Anyway, Forby peruses through uh, the orders on the website periodically. Found a name. For absolutely legitimate business reasons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are orders on our website. He's like, oh, that is a celebrity name. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and just happened to click on it. And it's like, celebrity name? California, City of Lights, Hooray, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, whatever, like where, where famous is. people live. He's like, well, that. That's just. That can't That be, could yeah. be a coincidence. So he happens to Google, to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a creepy thing. Just just Googling. Trying to, to scratch that itch. Happens to be production company of said famous person. Yeah. Bought a set of plans that we had mm-hmm. for a project. So there's an in right there. I told we need to follow up just as like a, hi, we just want to make sure you're happy with your purchase. <laughs> we were wondering if we could just stop by yeah. and check it out. <laughs> See, but now you got me thinking, though, because with the, the tour concept. Uh-huh. And if I'm setting up this tour, we just need to make a very special tour date and tour location just so I can, like, accidentally cross paths with apparently John Stamos, I think, is my... We could probably figure it out. I, I think we know. could. I've met Nick Offerman. Yeah, that's, that's true. another connect. He's got to know John Stamos. They're both famous. Yeah, I tell you they I both met- have fantastic hair. Yeah. I tell you, I met Christopher Reeves. No. Yeah, when I was a kid, I met Christopher Reeves. Where? At the White House. You know, no big deal. Wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I think it was at Easter. Every year they had like an Easter egg roll, this thing that oh, people yeah. can get invited yeah. to. We used to go every year when I was a kid and thought it was dumb. But yeah, Stinging Superman was there. Wow. And I got to meet Superman. 
And then like a couple years later, Superman wasn't super anymore. And I felt so bad mm. for Christopher Reeves. And yeah. he's super tall. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like, he's Superman. There's no doubt about it. And I remember when that happened, I was like, oh, man. Hmm. Not that I was devastated that he owes me some type of thing or we had some no, magical thing. But yeah. like those weird little run-ins. Mm-hmm. But like you've had conversations with these people. You could easily call people up and have legitimate conversations. I think a majority of people who are not in some kind of special space just have like accidental happenstance run-ins. Yeah. Like Anthony and me and my wife at the airport met Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> he is a super handsome guy. <laughs> Enough to, like, our gate was in front of us, and Anthony and my wife were turned 90 degrees from the gate in Pierce Brosnan's direction, waiting for him to walk down so we could continue. They're like, oh, hello. <laughs> Exchange that we had at Can the I coffee shop. Can I see your laser watch, please? Do you have your laser watch? Uh, no, yeah, Jaguar. she was just like, oh, man. Oh, it's Pierce Brosnan. I'm like, yeah, it's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, big deal. The video game was better. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like. That is the truth. That's, that's a handsome dude. Yeah. He's an older guy. He's got silvery hair, silver oh, yeah. beard. He's chiseled. Dang. Yeah. Huh. Pierce Brosnan. Who knew? <laughs> we gave a talk in front of uh, Conan O'Brien at Maker Fair. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't know. Yep. That was awesome. That dude is tall. For real. Yeah. Kind of looks like an old lady. <laughs> we- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a super I, nice I, guy. I, I assume agree. I, I agree. didn't have a conversation with him. They okay. So you know how lady. tall Joel Telling is, right? Yes. So if anybody else is, you know, if you know Joel, 3D printing nerd, he's tall. Super tall. And... We're, I'm walking through Maker Fair before I was with you guys. I'm walking through and I see Joel from behind. And I'm like, oh, that's obviously Joel because he's wearing a giant sweatshirt and he's eight feet tall and puffy, <laughs> spiky hair. And then above his hair <laughs> is a little There's red red ploof that's sticking up. And he was talking to Conan O'Brien. I'm like, do I jump into this? Like, I got an in mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. Like, I can just go give Joel a hug and I'm in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Um, but it was really good, funny. You would have passed that line. Yep, I would have. I'd be like, oh, you must be a friend of my friend. Let me introduce mm. myself. I am also famous. <laughs> <laughs> what what network is your show on again? I don't remember. <laughs> Mr. Redhead, tall man. So how's the Tonight Show? <laughs> Pretty good? Oh. <laughs> it didn't work out for you. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I it's, got, it's I pretty I got interviewed wild. for that job, too. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's weird, though. I do think the the internet and... The the connective network of the world has just made everything so much smaller and accessible, which I think is a good thing overall. But I do wonder about um, what it would be like to be at such a high profile like Conan O'Brien, and like how do you how do you just go places and not you know and just like be normal and not have people. I mean, I know for him specifically, he would ignore people because he was there with his son. Mm-hmm. And I think his wife might have been with him. And so when somebody would come up to try to talk to him during uh, one of the talks, he would just act like he couldn't hear them. He was focused on his son and the talk. And his wife or whoever was with him, I don't know, maybe it wasn't his wife, would kind of be lean in and be like, he's he's hanging out with his son right now. Uh. Which, I mean, probably to that person seemed like a jerk move, but that's a really smart move. Like, here's the boundary. Yep. You know, but it seems like it would just be really tough to be at that kind of level of fame and familiarity and just not be able to like go places and just be n- n- I mean I'm sure they're not harassed but you know just not be noticed <laughs> just like go have dinner and stuff it seems like it would be really difficult but anyway well you and your new buddy can go have dinner and you can tell us how it worked out okay <laughs> I'll do that he's gonna come up here really yeah 
We're going to have to block off the streets. Maybe. Man. Not every day Hasselhoff comes here. <laughs> <laughs> Special kit parking in the front of the house. We can have a concert at the theater. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's be singing in German the whole what time. What was the big song that he had that was from Germany that came out in the U.S.? Was it the Red Balloons? No. Oh, I don't know. Oh, man. There was one that was like this. It was like his one big U.S. hit because everything else was big in Germany and not here. I don't know what it was. Anyway. All I know is him singing in German oh, and running in slow motion. He could have been in German. I don't really remember. It's been a long time. All right. Uh, we're like an hour in. You got anything else you want to? No. I think to about? circle back around, um, my wife is amazing. Your wife is amazing. I don't know how we got so far off of that central thesis. <laughs> um, appreciate the people in your life, even though they may do atypical things. Like let people know in very clear ways how yeah. much you appreciate them. And if, if that is sending them away for their own good, even though they don't want to, like look out for people hmm. and look out for their mental health or their well-being. Don't take people for granted. Shoo them away so that they can go have fun. Yeah. If well, if necessary. I mean, well but said. like stop and think about it. Yeah. Consider. Yes. Be considerate. Yeah. Well said. All right. Uh, where can people find you? On the internet, Josh underscore makes stuff. You can find me and all of us at I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. Uh, even on Twitter where there's only one F. Big thanks to our Maker Alliance members um, who have gotten how many exclusive videos this month? Two so far? We do yep. one every week. There's a little, like, they get videos from around the shop from each of us. The four of us do a thing. Um, and there's a bunch of other rewards, and they get a bunch of behind-the-scenes, all sorts of stuff. They're awesome. Great conversations on Discord also. Yep. Uh, a lot of that, this topic, or this conversation was brought up from people on Discord. True. So if you want to join that, go to iliketomakestuff.com slash join. And also, we're going to, uh, this is our last show. Ever? On this desk. Gotcha! I had to do it. Oh. I couldn't help. Scared me. First you tell me you don't love me, and then you tell me I'm getting fired, so I'm, you're all over the place here. Um, no, we're, we're like, we're doing a new podcast setup thing, so the next show will be different. It won't oh, sound yeah. different, probably. <laughs> I hope not. But if you're watching the video on YouTube, it will look a little bit different, slightly. Hopefully. It, it may not actually look that much different. It's going to be different from here. Um, so that's a, a thing that we'll be changing. And we'll probably post maybe some pictures to the yeah, Maker Alliance. We are shaking up infrastructure around here. So the Maker yeah. Alliance people will absolutely get the first glimpse and the logic behind rearranging the shop, rearranging this space, rearranging office space, the farm stuff. Like, there's there's a lot moving. Yeah. That retreat that we had had tangible results so yep. if you want to become part of the maker alliance and know what's going on um, rather than the stuff you may get to see over a shoulder in a video <laughs> like there's a lot of good content around it yeah i agree all right that's it for this one we'll see you next time Bye-bye. Bye-bye.